This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. To step into your more authentic self and be the one who is more powerful than you can imagine. Valeria Tellis interviews Lisa Erickson, the author of Chakra Empowerment for Women, Self-Guided Techniques for Healing Trauma, Owning Your Power, and Finding Overall Wellness. Lisa Erickson is a chakra-based energy worker, writer, and teacher specializing in women's energetics, sexual trauma healing, kudalini activation, and manifesting. She is the author of Chakra Empowerment for Women and the Art and Science of Meditation, both through Llewellyn Publishing. Lisa has trained in multiple energy healing modalities and is certified in both mindfulness meditation instruction and trauma sensitivity. Lisa is a member of the International Association of Meditation Instructors, the American Holistic Health Association, the Energy Medicine Practitioners Association, and the Breathe Network a nonprofit dedicated to supporting holistic healing for sexual trauma survivors. She is also the creator of a popular daily OM course, Awakening Your Feminine Chakras. Lisa's interest in the chakras and energy healing began over 30 years ago when she began meditating as a part of a yoga class soon after graduating from Sarah Lawrence College. She went on to study chakra and kudalini meditation seriously with a formal teacher for many years. During this time, she was a technology executive in New York City, and her own meditation practice helped her to thrive within the high demands of her career. She also studied Shotokan Karate, achieving a second-degree black belt. She pursued certification as a mindfulness meditation instructor, including trauma sensitivity, and taught both mindfulness and chakra meditation at corporate retreats, community centers, and rape crisis centers. Meet Lisa at enlightenedenergetics.com. Here's the interview with Lisa Erickson. In your own words, who is Lisa Erickson? Well, I am an energy worker, a meditation teacher, a lifelong spiritual seeker, and a mom to three. That lives in California. I think that's kind of the the short version. And when you say seeker, what are you seeking, Lisa? To live in greater love, greater empowerment, to bring forth my highest self, both in terms of how I live in the world and how I help others. Yeah, that sounds also like a wonderful vision. And when you say there's higher potential higher self, what would that look like? To me, it is really 
beginning to identify with yourself as a spiritual being having a human experience, right? This famous quote that there is. And practices and tools that deepen that on a moment-by-moment basis. Self-kindness and kindness to Mm -hmm. others, being able to show up in the world with a sense of purpose, but also joy. Do you separate joy from happiness or they are somehow the same? I do think joy is a sort of deeper feeling in the way that I feel it, whereas happiness more comes and goes. When I think of joy, I think of joy as something that can be there under the surface, even when something is not going your way or there is grief because you've lost someone. There can be a deeper relationship to life that is one of joy, even as you're mourning a particular thing that's going on. So let me ask you this question. What is healing to you? And what are some of the greatest misconceptions about healing? Yeah. Well, I think there's different types of healing, but they're all interconnected. That's holistic health. So there's physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, and they're all entwined. But you may choose to engage as one level as your entrance point, right? So as a healer, sometimes I'm working with people who are primarily focused on the state of their body and something that is causing them challenge there, but we'll work it kind of on all three levels. So that physical discomfort is our entrance point into looking at what are the larger emotional issues linked to this physical problem. And as you work through the healing, what spiritual insights might it bring you? So you're really relating to healing as being this multi-level process. And I think in the larger picture to me, healing is part of seeking. All seeking actually is healing. You're you're releasing Mm. blockages and wounds to be able to grow into Mm. a greater sense of spirit and joy. Do you believe that one day we'll come to the understanding or time, if there's such a thing, of not seeking anymore, of being healed per se? I think there is a place you can come to where the focus isn't so much on, oh, there's something wrong, mm-hmm, right, right? Which right. is, yeah. but I think the actual spiritual journey never stops. I think it's endless because the universe is endless, right? Mm-hmm. So I think our relationship to it may shift at some point and we're no longer focused on what's wrong, what's obstructing me, what's causing me pain. That's beautiful, isn't it? Not to think of destinations or endings, but renewal and transformation and transcendence. Yeah, you're about to say something. (laughs) Well, you know, I was going to say, I find because I work with a lot of trauma survivors, this is an important shift because there's often this elusive idea that, oh, one day when I'm Mm, healed, this thing that's so hard for me will be easy for me all the time. And I'll never feel anxious again. And really healing is more coming to a place where those kinds of feelings don't rule your life anymore. Mm. And when they arise, you're so centered in your own joy and spirit and you have tools that you can just move through it with grace. Mm. So it isn't that all struggle melts away. I think it's that your relationship to it has changed. I call it inner peace. Do you use those words too? Yeah, I like inner peace and I like resilience, Mm, you know, which is really this idea of whatever happens, I can handle it and it doesn't impact my overall relationship to myself and my life. A wonderful way to live, isn't it, Lisa? If we can get there. And without expecting to, would you say that this is another 
actually another shift when we even don't expect to get to that point of inner peace, of resilience. There's no grip to a destination again. Would you say that that's also a sign of healing when we are not attaching to anything? Yes, exactly. It's like we've realized it was always there all along to some extent, and we've just uncovered it and we can uh, relate to it. I think the risk always is people sidestepping, doing the work and pretending they're in that place when they're not, which is a kind of, you know, you can repress things that you actually do need to bring forth and heal. So it's this, this balance really of truth, you know, commitment to truth. Yeah. How did you become a healer or how did you become interested in energy healing and the chakras? Yeah, it really started as a spiritual practice for myself over 30 years ago when I was in my twenties and I encountered chakra meditation as part of my own spiritual interests and healing to some extent, because I was having stress headaches and stomach aches and, and things like that in my prior career. Yeah. And then I started studying more and more on the side. And eventually I didn't make a full-time transition to healing until about 16 years ago when after my first daughter was born, because I had a lot of health problems after she was born that caused me to really research women's energetics. And even I'd already been studying energy healing, but going into deeper into why I was struggling to recover. And that's really what got me going in a new direction uh, and commit to this work. So in my own case, my own physical health issues actually became a call to change everything, including my career in a beautiful way. And I often see that happen for clients as well. Would you say it requires trust or knowing? I think it requires both more than anything in yourself, right? And and in the idea that you can process anything that occurs to you as a message in a way. What do you think is the purpose of the human experience, Lisa, in general? And another question that I often ask is, have we chosen to be here? Well, I'll start with the first question. I, I think The way I think of it is we're here to grow into greater love and greater light. And that is just like a seed that you plant in the earth. It's built to grow upwards towards the sun and become a plant, right? And that's, we all have this natural, that's what we're doing. But we need the right water and sunlight. We need the right Mm -hmm. conditions to grow in that way. And that is the tools and practices and life experiences that we have. So that's really, that's really how I think of it. I think, do we choose? I mean, yes, in a sense that some part of us wants to grow. I don't think it's a choice in like we choose, do I want to have this for dinner or that for dinner? Because we can have so many karmic momentums that are really what propel us towards a certain life. And part of the liberation process is freeing ourselves of those so we truly are able to choose and co-create our life. It's not based on unconscious obstructions or wounds or things that we don't see. And another question I have that for some reason I want to ask you is your relationship with physical death. Yeah. How is it these days? Mm. Well, I really view the aging process and I'm 54. So this is something on my mind, you know, it's, it's life is not uh, infinite in the physical body. I really believe for women in particular, but for both men and women, the aging process is one hopefully, if if you're uh, aware enough to do it in this way, of identifying more and more with your energy body and your spirit, and not in a way that denies the physical body, 
but in a way in which you see its transience and what it goes through is just part of nature, right? A flower blooms and then the petals fall off and it dies, right? And that's what the body is. And so if we can relate to and identify with our subtle body and our spirit, aging is just a process of going more and more deeply into the light. Mm -hmm. And often we can manifest greater and greater gifts as we do so. So when you shed that body, it's just a very peaceful letting go. Yeah, I love the way you say that, that aging, it's actually a gift. So it's an opportunity to grow so we can learn more what life is all about and what love is. So we can express that in this reality. What do you love most about being in a female body? Mm, I love the fluidity and it's hard for me to distinguish physical from energetic, but women's energy bodies tend to be more empathic and more fluid. So we pick up the energies around us. That can be an issue. Many women need to work with greater energetic boundaries. That's a lot of the tools and work that I do. But there's this natural fluidity connected to the feminine subtle body that's very beautiful, connects us to nature in a certain way. And then, of course, our connection to creation, right? Whether we choose to have children or not, we have this natural connection to the power of creation and creativity, inspiration, bringing new things into the world, whether that's children, a book, an idea, you know, anything, new clothes, you know, it could be anything. Um, And that's a very beautiful aspect of the divine divine feminine, really. And um, well, I wonder, I think I asked this question to somebody, a mother that I interviewed um, last year, I'm not sure when exactly, but I never had children. So I'm wondering if women like me are missing something, that gift of giving life to another human being. Is that something very different from giving life to things, ideas? No, I mean, I think it is different, but I don't think anyone is missing anything because we come <laughs> here. For one thing, I believe in past lives, so you've probably done it, you know, it's one <laughs> yeah, way to think right. of it. But also, I just think <laughs> even without, even if some if someone doesn't believe in reincarnation, we have to make choices in life. There's an infinite number of experiences we can have. So we are drawn to the experiences that, uh, you know, in this lifetime mean the most to us, perhaps, or are, and It's really interesting because that second chakra for women, that's the pelvic womb center chakra. In some traditions, in in ancient times, women would be celibate and not have children by choice in order to devote that energy wholeheartedly to creation of something else or to healing because it's also considered regenerative energy. So I think we just make choices as to how we want to use our energy how we want to express our creativity, how we want to express our nurturing. And that can be done in many different ways. Yes, I agree. Thank you for saying that, Lisa. I love your wisdom. It's beautiful and compassionate, very compassionate. And uh, another question I have about uh, being in a female body is the challenges. What is the most challenging aspect about being a woman from your perspective? Yeah, I think right now we are still really you know, our culture or collectively is very much driven still by patriarchy and we receive a lot of negative messages about our body, about how it should look, uh, about our identification being based on our beauty uh, or as it's judged by these external standards. 
um, about our physical processes, menstruation and menopause, right. you know, that these things are problems that we need to solve as opposed to just natural cycles that actually have a lot of power to them. Then, of course, we don't always feel safe, right? We, the majority of sexual abuse and assault is still male on female. There are other kinds, uh, but it's hard to always feel safe in a female body. And that then impacts our ability to connect with our energy body, too. So that's often the kinds of healing that women need to do. Do you feel that this is changing? Because I don't see that in my um, environment. I still see a lot of men uh, imposing those um, limitations and uh, discrimination against women. And yeah, even children, uh, young children, male children, act in a way that they have already learned five, three years of age, they're already acting in such a way. Do you see any change? I think there is change, but yes, you're right. It's slow. I mean, two of my three kids are uh, boy-girl twins, and they're 14 now, but it is amazing to still see, you know, in California, a very progressive environment, <laughs> how much gender conditioning there still is, right? How much more boys are still conditioned to you have to be tough and you can't share your feelings and girls are still conditioned around you know, your worth is somehow tied to how many boys like you, right? And right. Yeah. it's very subtle. So yeah. we have a long way to go for sure. And it's healing on both sides. It's allowing men to be different and encouraging them to be different and women. It's a collective effort to bring about this new balance, I would say, of the masculine and feminine within all of us. And my last warm-up question for you, Lisa, it's freedom. What is another word for freedom? Hmm. I was going to say liberation. And then I was like, okay, but what's liberation? It's like, you know, what we've been talking about, knowing that your true worth isn't based on these social things and really knowing yourself as a source of love and light going inward. That's freedom. So you wrote the book, Chakra Empowerment for Women, Self-Guided Techniques for Healing Trauma, Owning Your Power and Finding Overall Wellness. How did you become a writer and what was the main inspiration and intention of writing your book? Yeah, well, I consider myself a healer and teacher first and a writer second, <laughs> but I have been blogging for like 15 years now or 16 years now. And so I was getting more comfortable with writing. And there came a point when I wanted to try to teach, share the healing work and the tools that I had created in workshops for women in a wider way. And so I took a lot of what I was working with and created a book out of it. Everything can't be put in a book. So mm -hmm. I really had right. to hone in like, what kind of tools can you put in a book? Right. And, um, Yeah, so that so I really sort of consider myself a writer secondary to being a teacher, and the book kind of grew out of that. I do have some a good idea about what the chakras are, but for those who don't know anything, talk to me about what are the chakras and if it is considered a spiritual practice. Well, the chakras are energy centers in our energy body. We have an energy anatomy, just like a physical anatomy. And I consider that energy body to be sort of in between our physical body, our psyche and our spirit. So when you're working with these energy centers, you can work towards physical healing, emotional change, spiritual growth. You can really... And there's different traditions that use them in all of those ways. So there's so many different ways to work with the chakras. Mine is really focused on emotional growth and healing. 
And then that may be coupled with physical healing and spiritual seeking. But really where I focus on in this book is emotional healing. And you also focus on sexual trauma and healing. That's a a major part of your work. Talk to me why that is, why you focus on that. And also a little bit more on women's energetics. I never heard that term. Yeah. Well, I'll start with the second one first because it kind of leads into (laughs) So women's energetics is the teachings that focus more on how women's subtle bodies differ from men's, which in original teachings that were translated from yoga traditions about the chakras didn't always get focused on because the first yoga teachers to come to the West and translate things into other languages uh, were men, right? But after, yeah, when I was in this postpartum uh, health crisis, I really started researching women's energy body teachings across various traditions and found a lot of information really talking about the differences. And so that's part of what I'm doing is trying to help make that work more accessible. It's part of it is working with your cycles of menstruation, perimenopause, menopause. Part of it is working with boundaries, energetic boundaries, because women are more fluid and more empathic. And that's a big piece of women's energetics. And oh, yeah, yeah. sorry, do you want me to go ahead on the sexual trauma no, or yeah. you want to? Yeah, I have a thousand <laughs> questions. No, yeah, go uh-huh. ahead, please. Yeah, continue. <laughs> well, you know, so my focus on, as I started working with women, my focus on sexual trauma really grew out of that because, as we know, a really high number of women experience assault or abuse at some point in their life or harassment, right? right. If yeah. it, even if it doesn't get to the point of physical abuse or assault emotional assault, uh, harassment, emotional abuse, all of these things have an impact on our subtle body. So for many women, this needs to be a piece of their healing on some level. It really, yeah, when I read that in your book, it, it kind of made me to it just touch that place, that knowing that said, yes, that's true. All of us, uh, one way or another, have been... Um, sexually invaded, let's say. And that is a a very sad thing to acknowledge, isn't it, Lisa? It is. It's kind of a collective wound. Yeah. That's part of that. You know, it's a piece of the whole thing we were talking about earlier, the imbalance of the masculine and feminine for all of us. Yeah, I have a question for you about this change. Uh, When you speak of postpartum and premenopause, menopause, how does it change? What is it that changed? Mm, Yeah. Well, our energy body waxes and wanes in a way like, you know, like the moon, right? Where we call our our cycle, our moon cycle. It waxes and wanes in a way that's different from the masculine energy body in tune with our cycles. So it does change during pregnancy, postpartum, just like there's a hormonal crash. There's a shift in our energy body that many women experience as an energetic crash. And there's chakra tools you can use to help offset that. And during perimenopause, there's a lot of writing about this phase going into menopause in women's spiritual traditions as it being this very powerful transit. Mm -hmm. And their kundalini, which is the spiritual growth energy that moves through the chakras, kundalini practices that we can do to help us really grow into our power at that time to contribute to this aging gracefully cycle that we spoke about earlier. At this point, what would you suggest for some of us, like myself, going through premenopause, um, hire or try to look for uh, holistic doctors or people like yourself, or do we go 
back to conventional medicine and tried to have hormone uh, replacement or hormone therapy, what would you suggest? It's really different for women. And I've worked with women that have gone both routes. So it really depends on the physical symptoms that you are having and what you feel is safe for you. There are women who do hormone replacement therapy and they really feel it's the answer. And there's other women who go more natural routes because there are natural ways to spur hormonal uh, balance that work for some women and aren't as effective for others. You know, I think either way, from an energy, emotional healing side, it's a time to think, what remaining conditioning do I have around being a woman that I need to let go of? Mm-hmm. What resistances and fears do I have about aging? And what karmas might be coming up for me to deal with? It's often a time where if a woman hasn't faced any past trauma, it will arise in some way in her life to be faced. And if wow. she does, there's a big accumulation of power in a way that contributes to the opening of spiritual gifts. Yeah, it is a, a sign or a call to be open and understanding. That's great to know, though. And I'm trying to do that, but um, yeah, it's scary sometimes. It, it's a big change. It's interesting. Yeah. Speaking of interesting, your book is very interesting and very practical the way it is formatted, the way it has been written. You explore each chakra in different aspects. I have them here. You ask, when we have felt the chakra acting, activating before, and then you also have the activation steps, and then when it is blocked, so a way to know when it's blocked, how to use the chakra, and then you have women's energetics, and the sixth, you have sexual trauma healing. Not for all of them. You have 12 chakras in your book. And I noticed that the web of light, the healing rays and the feminine pathway, you don't really go, you don't explore the uh, women's energetic. I think you don't in the sexual trauma healing and you don't mention the blocking part. So that's interesting. I was just paying attention to that. But I'd love for you to talk to me about the sacral lotus chakra and the heart star and also the rainbow abundance. Mm, Yeah. You know, the sacral lotus is the tool that I developed for the second chakra that is specifically the anchor of women's energy bodies. That this this chakra really for women is where the kundalini is said to to sort of uh, hang out, <laughs> waiting for us to activate it. Whereas in men, it's at the root. And this lotus is a way of connecting that womb energy, that even sexual energy, creative energy, with a beautiful symbol of enlightenment. Because so often, which is what the lotus is, right? Yeah. So often, the messages we receive around it is that it is somehow dirty. That this energy. Right you know, connected with this part of our body is a, is the opposite of spiritual, right? Right, right? So that's part of what that tool is releasing and unlocking. And both the heart and the sacral are foundation chakras in the feminine pathway, which includes the third eye as well. Working with those three even-numbered chakras, the sacral, the heart, and the third eye is a powerful feminine pathway. The heart star is focused on both giving and receiving, right? In your heart, you need to be able to receive to give. And so often for women, they're actually blocked on receiving, right? Mm, Yeah. Uh, They give so much and they don't allow themselves to receive what they need to replenish. True. Yeah. 
That's interesting that you said that about those three chakras, because earlier I was looking at all of them, which one would I ask Lisa to focus on? Mm -hmm. And then the third eye came in Mm -hmm. my mind to add and to highlight it, but I didn't for some reason. So, and you just mentioned that and then it came back. You see, I told you the intuition yes, telling me. The that's, intuition telling me. That's, yeah. all. <laughs> that's so cute. I mean, I love these things. Um, I mean, I just loved being human in a female body. It has been fun. <laughs> so, talk to me also about the web of light, web of light, mm-hmm. the ninth, and then also the rainbow abundance. Yeah. So, these later tools in the book combine chakras. The web of light is not uh, tied to a specific chakra, but it is about. It's a tool for cutting and clearing energy lines with other people that are problematic, right? So, for example, a past relationship that you've been letting go of, but somehow you're still energetically tied to this person. It's a tool for cutting that line to help you unhook any part of your energy body still connected to exchanging energy with that person. And for clearing lines, that's really for people in your life that are in your life and you want them in your life. But there's a dynamic that's developed that's unhealthy in some way. You're trying to heal that relationship and doing some energy line clearing work can help. So that's what that tool is. It's very much about our relationships and working energetically on our relationships. Interesting that I asked that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a big, it's kind of a daily maintenance type one, you know. Yes. Yeah, Lisa, that last one, uh, the feminine pathway too, but the the rainbow abundance. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah, Yeah, I'm interested in that. This one, you know, my metaphor for this is that we're all a crystal and, you know, like the crystals you hang in your window that refract rainbows onto the wall and each of them is shaped differently. And what you're trying to do is clean your crystal so that Mm. your rainbow light can refract, right? Your Mm. unique rainbow. So this one is about activating all the seven in-body chakras and really affirming your unique expression of each one. So in one way, it's a spiritual chakra. It's also a kind of manifesting chakra because it's about manifesting from this higher place in our life, what really serves our deepest self, as opposed to just passing uh, desires. How do you define success today? What is to be successful to you? For myself, it would be just living in greater love and being able to serve others from that place. and being at peace with myself and all my relationships. Yeah. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in life as of today? Letting go of needing to be validated by others or what they think of me. Yeah. And so I could really express myself from the inside out rather than trying to mold myself into what other people wanted me to be. Yeah. I mean, that's a big one for all of us, for sure. Have you found a balance when it comes to that? I feel I have for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I have three teenagers right now, so if I can make it through that, you know, their, their job is to push away from me right now, right? Yeah. So if I can make it through that, I'll know I've definitely <laughs> crossed a threshold. <laughs> That's a good reference, right? Wow. I yeah. admire you. Yeah. That's uh, mothers. Yeah, it's just incredible the work you do. And my two last questions are, if you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? Mm. Well, I would definitely want to just communicate with everyone that I know 
my love for them, right? So I think I don't think I change anything about my life, but I would want to create some closure and affirm that everyone knows, right? So I guess that's a good lesson on doing that all the time, right? Because you yeah. never actually know for sure. And my last question is, what are three things about life that you know for sure as of this moment? Mm, that we all are innately worthy, made of light and love, that we all can co-create our life, and that every person has equal worth. I guess they're all kind of the same thing, <laughs> said in different ways, but yes, <laughs> that's what came to me, yeah. Yes, a billion times to that, not just people, but everything in yes. life itself. And before we say goodbye, I wanted to thank you for your beautiful presence, the clarity, the um, intuition that's here playing a part of the conversation and everything you do, this compassionate work you do, Lisa, it's really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for this work you're doing, sharing our voices and your own healing work and writings. Thank you for the encouragement. It is a lot of work, but I love it. <laughs> Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? My book, Chakra Empowerment for Women, is available everywhere, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, through the publisher Llewellyn. And the book website is chakraempowermentforwomen.com. That also lists events and classes. On Facebook, I'm at Chakra Empowerment. On Instagram, I'm at Chakra Empowerment. And on Twitter, I'm at Mommy Mystic, which is also the name of my blog. So they're all connected to each other. If you find one, you'll find the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I have those two links and I'll have them. I do have enlightenedenergetics.com and I have chakraempowermentforwomen.com. So I have those two listed. Great. Thank um, you. Thank you, Lisa. Talk soon. Thank you again. Bye for thank now. Thank you. Take good care. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Lisa Erickson and her work, please visit enlightenedenergetics.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.